HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, your home for all things outdoors and the Badger State, brought to you by Tacticam. I'm your host, Josh Raley, and today we are talking turkey hunting success in Season B with Pierce Nellis. Uh, you probably recognize that name. He's been on the podcast, um, or he was on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking about fly fishing in the Driftless. He is the head guide at Good Chance Fly Fishing a great guy, uh, all around just avid sportsman. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know uh, Pierce over the last, I don't know, couple of months or so. We first started chatting, I think it was last deer season. But uh, yeah, looking forward to getting out and chasing turkeys around with Pierce here in a couple of weeks. And it's really strange, you know, I've been looking online and uh, watching some different videos and stuff like THP and uh, you know, people are starting to wind down their uh, their turkey seasons and their turkey content. You, you're not seeing as much of it out there. But hey, here in the state of Wisconsin, we've got a lot of turkey hunting left to go. And so I'm going to keep pumping it out. I, uh, I know a lot of other states are closing down already or have closed down already or getting close to that. But hey, as long as we're chasing turkeys here in the state of Wisconsin, I want to keep talking about turkey hunting. And so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do today. Both Pierce and I had a chance to get out for season B. Both of us got birds. Our stories are just a little bit different, but uh, yeah, we're going to bring you those today. Do need to let you know before we jump into the episode, however, that this episode is brought to you by our title sponsor, Tacticam. I've been uh, filming my hunts for, gosh, I guess the last year, just over a year now. And um, yeah, I tell you what, having a, a high quality point of view action camera uh, is really, really tough to beat. And one of the things I love about Tacticam is they've got all these different mounts and accessories to use with your cameras. They've got a remote that you can use to uh, start and stop recording with your cameras. They've got all these mounts that help you uh, mount it really easily on the end of your barrel or on your on your bow. If you've used other um, action cameras before, you know that mounting it on a mounting your camera on a weapon can be really really tough. Uh, in fact, using another camera that I was using last year, I ended up dropping it it fell off of my shotgun in the middle of a field because it didn't have uh one of the accessories that i now have through tacticam so anyway if you're interested in uh, trying to film your hunts and share your hunts with your friends and loved ones head over to tacticam.com they have a a sale going on right now with their 5.0 and 5.0 wide cameras so you don't want to miss out on that with all that stuff out of the way let's jump into the episode with pierce nellis all right, joining me again for this episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is my buddy Pierce Nellis. What's going on, Pierce? Not much, man. I got a freezer full of fresh turkey meat and a fan drying out in the rafters of my garage. So oh, life's very pretty nice. good. Very nice. Well, man, we we tried to connect. Was that last week? That was just a few days ago, right? We were going to yeah, try to Tuesday. record. Man, it's been a long we, week. Yeah, we. It, 
Yeah, it's only it's only Friday night at this point, but but I think both of us feel like right. that was three weeks ago. Um, but so we we tried to connect because both of us had season B tags here in the state of Wisconsin. You in zone one, me mm-hmm. in zone two. Wait, can we say our zones? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Big All right. Zones. <laughs> They're gigantic. Yeah. Uh, everybody should go hunt over by Milwaukee. Um, so um, great turkey hunting over there. Um, yeah, so we, we both had season B tags and, and were able to get out and have a, a little bit of success. And so we wanted to come on, uh, talk about some of that, maybe break down some of what um, what led to our success or maybe lack of success. Maybe maybe one of us had a harder week than the other. I don't know. Uh, I, I, my season wasn't two hours long like yours, so <laughs> I had to work just a little bit while you were while you were uh, butchering your bird. I was I was kicking birds around and scaring just about everything in the woods. So. Yeah, man. Well, I, I had gotten all those kinks out the week before when I took my buddy out. Um, well, and my my son before that. So uh, it, it was funny. I, I told my friend Scott when we got uh, when we finally got done hunting. I was like, dude, I've never been this close to this many birds without <laughs> shooting one of them. Like, I can't believe we didn't kill something, you know? Right. And, um, that I, video you sent me, your hunt with your, uh, with your son was, that was nuts, man. <laughs> it, it was, it was pretty incredible. I, I, I'm hoping I can get him on the introduction for this podcast yeah. and just be like, Hey buddy, how was that? You know, and, and do a little <laughs> brief hunt rundown. But every time I come down here to record, he's already in bed and I'm like, then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm kicking myself again that like I didn't do it while he was, while he was awake. But uh, man, when you're a when you're a dad and you're full time in a job, and then you try to podcast at night without your wife getting super mad at you, um, <laughs> dude, you just you do it when you can, and a lot of things like like having your son on slip through the cracks. So absolutely, um, man. I'm, uh, I'm 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 hoping those days aren't or aren't too near for me at least. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more time before I got to worry about that. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. But dude, it's, there's, there's so much reward in it too. Like, right. like just, I mean, some, I went and checked, uh, trail cameras and, um, I've been using a, uh, a product recently called deer lab. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. heard of deer lab. So yeah. I've, I've been using deer lab and uploading all of my pictures to, to deer lab, which has been really, really cool. Cause what it does, it'll go through and pick out all your turkeys. So I went through and I, I, you know, basically say, I want to look at turkey pictures. And I picked out all the turkeys. And there was a picture. Um, I'd taken my son to help hang all the cameras. And it showed yeah. him as a turkey, which was hilarious. Because <laughs> he had he had my jacket on. And it was, like, dark colored. And had his yeah. he had his back to the camera and stuff. And at first, I thought it really was a turkey. But it turns out it was just <laughs> him sitting there in, in a dark camo jacket. So, um, <laughs> probably about the same height right yeah well that's that's right yeah he was he yeah. was like i think he was like squatted down on his knees right in front of the camera and it's like yeah it, it fits man like i get it you know but <laughs> dude, those pictures are so special they're like just little things like going out to check cameras and you know having those oh, like, yeah. I, I keep all those trail camera pictures of my kids checking them just because like to see the progression like one day i'll be able to look back and be like oh my gosh i've got my kids at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all the way up through mm-hmm. 16 checking trail cameras with me, you know, right. and just kind of see the evolution. That'll be, that'll be pretty sweet, but. Absolutely. Create your own album of that. And that's right. That's right. So, uh, before we jump into our hunts, I've got, I've got something I want to run by you. I'm doing something that could be a little dangerous tomorrow. 
I am um I'm taking my wife turkey hunting, man. All right. She's never been. She has never ever been turkey hunting and she is the type that's like if I try to show her like videos of my turkey hunts, like when I shoot and they start flopping, she just loses like she does not enjoy that part. Right. All, right. So I'm taking her knowing full well that she wants to shoot a turkey, but also full mm-hmm. well that she may shoot one and decide that's her only one that she's ever going to shoot. Sure. So I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't know, man. Document it for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> get, get that thing on video for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I dude, mean, we're going to be, gonna, has she been shooting much? No, 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 she, she's a good shot though. So like she's yeah. killed, she's killed deer. We, she used to shoot rifles a bunch and, um, sure. I've got that 410 that I bought for my kids and I've, yeah. it's got a red dot on top and dude, it's like my kids were hitting everything they pointed it at right out right. of the box. Basically my kids have never shot a gun in their life. So, um, I think this one will be pretty easy for her as far as, mm-hmm. Um, you know, if one comes in, getting a, getting a shot and, and making a, making a good, you know, clean ethical kill. But, um, yeah, I'm going to be shooting number nine TSS or she's going to be shooting number nine TSS out of that. Sure. So it's, uh, absolutely devastating, but yeah, that'll so, get the job done. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and we're going to have, the neck and hopefully it won't flop too much. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm fully in and I fully expect her to like, pull the trigger and then just look away and just kind of like let yeah. it flop and do its thing and, and all that stuff. But I hope it doesn't, but we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely be running several cameras. So I'm going to have my main, my main camera there, like to film the whole thing. I'm going to have a couple of tactic cams. There's going to be one on her gun. There's going to be one out in the decoy spread. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. So I, I should be able to get multiple angles. I'm a little bit nervous though. Um, about shooting one of them, <laughs> uh, uh, just depending on like, yeah, I, I'd really hate to do that. You know, ta- Tacticam, they've, it's been really, it, it's really cool getting to partner with a company like Tacticam. I really don't want to start things off by being like, Hey, remember one of those cameras uh, you sent? I shot it and I need another one. You know, I'd really like to have another one back. Uh, so Right. They'd be like, Josh, isn't this like your first week? Yeah. You know, having this, having this equipment, come on. That's right. It's like, it's literally been seven days, sir. Like what what are you even doing with this out there? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So I've got, I've got four, um, I've got four Jake's in this field that have been frequenting it like every day, all day they live in it. Um, and it's, it's the same spot where I shot the, the, the double bearded turkey that we'll talk about here in just a minute. I Absolutely. went to that field tonight and I saw those Jake's there and they were heading up into the woods where I know they roost like a lot mm-hmm. on this property. There are two places where the turkeys roost. I drive by, I don't even roost birds there anymore. I drive by and check if they're in the field and watch which direction they're going. And depending right. on what direction they're going, I know where they're going to be roosted the next morning. So I know these four Jake's are probably going to fly down into this field on the high spot. Um, I'm wondering what you would use as far as a decoy spread tomorrow. Are you pulling just a Jake and a hen, a, just a hen? Are you pulling, are you going to put the full strut decoy out there? Like 
What are you going to do? Oh, these are, by the way, these are the same. These are four of the Jakes that came in with me and my son. So, like, they're still just, oh, like, sh- they're still hanging around. They're reckless. Yeah, they are. Dude. They're, <laughs> they've got a death wish. And I'm like, hey, my wife's never shot a turkey before. Like, we'll take it. But <clears throat> there was also a big Absolutely. Tom across the street this evening. So, he, he might be in there tomorrow morning as well. But. Uh, sure hope so yeah you just hope those jakes don't run them off yeah well that's what i'm wondering like what 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 would your decoy spread be because she'll be happy with a jake sure i i think honestly i'd I'd still probably go a jake and a hen just for the sake of not wanting uh not wanting birds to hang up at just the sight of a hen yep but i mean three jakes man if they're fired up and they're just out on the town Dude, they're like a freaking nah. gang. Yeah. Like, they are a menace to society at this point. I think I'd, I think I'd either go just a hen or play it safe and go with, uh, with a Jake and a hen. Okay, Jake and a hen. I think I'll go Jake and a hen. I, I was wondering about adding a, a strutter to it, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I, they, so last week. How far away was that gobbler? Uh, that I saw. Yeah, the Tom. He was just across the street, and um, I have actually called them from across that street before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I got amazing film of one coming down with like the the sun at his back, and he won't come in, but he's hung up, and he's gobbling at my decoys up on this hillside, yeah. and perfectly lit up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful, and he's just strutting and putting on a show. And I turn around and look to my right, and another strutter had come in silent. And was standing like in my decoys, I'm like, oh, okay, it's time. So that was last year. That was last year. So, um, <clears throat> so I know I can pull them across the road, but I don't know if I can yeah. pull them across the road and all the way down the hill uh, into the spread. But he wasn't far, and I know that they kind of there's a creek here too, so they kind of just run this mm-hmm. little. They run the creek because there's a real, real slim uh, strip of timber that runs along the creek, and it's just all crop fields outside of that so they kind of run that little edge but i don't know man i mean you could throw the strutter out there and hope that that tom gets just angry enough that he's feeling some type of way yeah in the morning and coming down but yeah i just don't know i don't don't know how those jakes would react yeah i think i'd play it safe with the jake in the hen okay for the sake right. of just trying to whack a bird, yeah. Yeah, Jake and a hen it is, then. I'll probably have the full strut with me just in case we see Oh yeah. Big Tom pop out across the field and I'll yeah. slip out of the blind and flash that guy around. But anyway, we're not we're not here to talk about strategy for tomorrow. We're here to talk about this past week. The season ended on Wednesday, right? So yeah, season Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday night. Yeah, season B ended Tuesday evening. So tell me about your season B. What, how, how did you feel going into it? Were you, were you seeing a lot of birds? I, I've got to say, I'm seeing way fewer birds on the properties where I have permission this year. And mm-hmm. I don't want to jump on the, it's because all of our birds have disappeared train. Um, right. Because, but it, it, there's like a dramatic drop from last year in the number of birds yeah. that are on these specific properties where I've got permission. Have you seen anything like that, or are you just going in fully loaded? Were you just going in fully loaded, just like every other year? I've been, I've been hearing a lot more birds than I've been seeing, um, 
when I was out in December, um, doing a little bit of uh, fall slash winter turkey hunting, there was one flock of 16 toms that would hang out in this field up above our place. So I know we got plenty of toms in our area. Yeah. Um, as I kind of mentioned in the, in, in the last episode that we did, I, I was, I grew up very spoiled out at my parents' place with a, a nice class one trout stream running through the, <laughs> yeah. our, the front of our property and then ag fields and some timber yeah. um, on the opposite side. So basically that whole valley is just home to way too many birds. Like it's, it's an absolute symphony. There's one Tom too, that he hangs out in this field right across the road from us. And no matter where you're at on our property, granted we only have five acres, so it's pretty small, but no matter what that Tom will respond to every single call that you make, no matter what. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, like, I want to text the neighbors and be like, you guys, like, here's where this bird is. You need to go over there and kill that bird. Do because they hunt? He is, they do hunt. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Now, I know, I know one of them, uh, <clears throat> who I've gotten to be pretty good buddies with, uh, he was it just, his work schedule right now is out of control. He barely got out for deer too, but he was even more hard pressed to get out for Turkey. But I think his dad was out, um, on Sunday when I got my bird, I'll get to that later. That was actually kind of funny, but, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't seeing a ton of birds. Um, I guess my parents were, they were, uh, they'd see him cruise through the yard. There were a couple days that I had, uh, I had two strutters down by the Creek that I could see from, uh, see from the kitchen window. And, uh, other than that, you know, like I said, you could, I could hear a lot, the property that I hunted last year, which is just about a mile, um, over the hill from us that was loaded with birds last year. And they're still out there, um, that they just don't seem to be holding on the property quite as much there. There's that property is mostly, uh, kind of a Valley with a big point towards kind of the center of it. And I had a lot of success down in that Valley and also on that point last year. Um, but I guess I've, I've only hunted it twice cause I'm trying not to pressure it too hard for when you and I get out there. There you go. But, um, yeah, I mean, Grant on, on Sunday morning, we went out there at first light or before first light to try and catch some off the roost. And we probably saw 12 to 15 birds fly down from this one thing. And there was at least one Jake and uh, three gobblers in that group. So, wow, okay. so <clears throat> they're around. Um, I don't know. The, the weather kind of threw me off uh, going into the season, just as far as confidence, because it's, it's been such a crappy spring with just the cold temps and all the rain and all that and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, go, going into the season, I, I felt good. I knew there were birds around. Um, I was excited to get out. I was just hoping that I wouldn't uh, wouldn't be getting too soaked or <laughs> too yeah. chilly. I was I'd, I've been thinking all winter about you know <clears throat> my last hunt last season or last spring at the end of May, and I think it was fifth season when it was eighty degrees and sunny and it was just comfortable and you could take a nice easy nap out in the woods if you needed to. And, oh yeah all that, but it was, the weather was, was not quite as cooperative, uh, during season B of this year, no. unfortunately, but man, it's still been, plenty good. It's been pretty miserable weather, like it just has. cold and rainy and wet mm -hmm. and just not what you want for, not for turkey hunting. And, 
And I, I mean, I, I, spoiler alert, I did get a bird, but he was not fired up by any means. Like he Mm -hmm. wasn't, he wasn't coming in fired up about calls or anything like that. He gobbled on the roost real well and then flew down and, and said nothing until he had already worked his way almost all the way in. And, you know, he's 150 yards away. I, in fact, it was right after I texted you and said, Hey man, should I shoot a Jake? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Cause then you texted me like what, t- not even 10 minutes later. And you were like tagged out. I was like, sweet. Josh shot a Jake. Good for him. Like, <laughs> you're like big old Tom double beard. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, man. Th- things changed really quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I might've shot a Jake that morning, man. I don't know. I don't know, but patience paid off. Yeah. Well, I didn't even have to exercise patience. I never had a Jake. I just, I I heard this little like half gobble, you know, and I'm thinking like, okay, Mm -hmm. here comes a Jake. But anyway, so I went into this season, not feeling super hopeful because last year, uh, two of the properties that I have permission on both had Mm -hmm. flocks of like 40 plus birds. So just huge flocks, you know, multiple strutters, five, six strutters a piece out in these flocks. And, uh, this year, I just wasn't seeing that. And I mean, there are birds on the properties that I could see um, and multiple right. multiple toms too. So like not bad by any means, but certainly not like last year was. So I didn't quite right. have as high a hopes as I did, um, you know, as I did last year. So let's break down your, uh, your season B then. So you, did you hunt every day until you got your bird? Like, did you start on Wednesday and hunt all the way through Sunday or <clears throat> how did that look for you? Nope. Nope. I, uh, just the way things worked out with work and everything. Um, I, I hunted, I believe I hunted all day Wednesday and then I hunted, um, all day Sunday as well. I, I punched my tag on, on Sunday just after 10 AM, but my buddy Logan, who I was with, we were after he was filming in the morning. And then after that, we were going to try and switch roles and, uh, get him a bird as well. And unfortunately couldn't get it done, but there's a lot of season left. Yeah, for sure, man. Did did um? Oh shoot, I forgot what I was gonna say. I had I had like a very specific question that I was just about to ask you about. Oh, when you said you hunted all day on on Wednesday, did you hunt the evening too? I have I have I, not hunted turkeys in the evening, and I, I mean I I know you know get close to a roost and basically mm-hmm. wait for them to come back, but I haven't done that yet. I did. Um, I, I went out to another one of my buddy's properties just outside of uh, Mount Horeb because he'd sent me Snapchat videos of him sitting on his back porch with strutters in his backyard. And they have a really nice, <clears throat> they've only got like 15 acres or so, I think, but um, right up on top of this hill. And there's, it's pretty much all CRP on one side with a nice mode strip that just serves as a perfect strut zone for a, uh, for birds and the night before he'd sent me that that uh photo of those birds um out there at like 7 30 or something like that like it was right before a fly up um but i went out there and sat from i think three till about seven um and figured i would have heard something but had to be <clears throat> had to be getting home and didn't stick them out till dark but yeah, I was, I was hopping all over the place on Wednesday, just okay. trying to cover some ground. Yeah. So walk me through then your Wednesday morning. Cause, uh, it was, it was kind of different than, mm-hmm. than you'd hoped it would be. It, that it was. Yeah. Had you, had was. you roosted birds the night before? 
Nope, I had not. I'd, <clears throat> I I wasn't home um, or I wasn't at my folks' place that night, so I didn't have a chance to roost them. Uh, I had an idea just of where they where they typically do roost. Um, now, how important is that so- for you? Like, like for me, I know that if I roost birds, my success rate the next day is like so much higher than than if I hadn't roosted birds. And like, dude, even my wife, like, you know, a lot of things you got to kind of like play carefully. Like, Hey, can I, can I leave you alone with all the kids during bedtime again so that I can go roost birds. But if she knows I'm hunting the next morning, she'll just be like, yeah, go Mm -hmm. roost them. Cause I know you'll be back by school. Like by time, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. So, um, how, how important is roosting for you? Uh, for me, just the way the properties are laid out and just the property boundaries, I should say, um, you know, we don't have any ag on the, on the properties that I hunt. And so as a result, the majority of the birds will end up in the ag first thing in the morning, right off the roost. Um, so with those properties, I've had the most luck between eight and 10 AM. Um, so just the way I hunt and the properties I have access to, um, you know, roosting birds, isn't the most crucial thing. Um, actually I, when I do hunt in the evening, I usually have more, more luck, um, trying to catch them on their way back to the roost, um, come through our property. Okay. I see my properties are probably just the opposite. The properties yeah. that I, I have, I have three different permission properties and they're, mm-hmm. they're almost entirely ag with very, very little timber on them. And so it's, it's kind of like the flip flops. Sure. So I have a ton of success right off the, right off the bat, you know, before, before 10 AM, and then after 10 a.m., yeah. it's like it's like anybody's guess, like if one's going to, you know, pop back out or fire back off or whatever. Um, so anyway, OK, so you, you go in, you don't have the birds roosted, but you got a pretty good idea. Yeah, yeah. So I, I showed up, um, got got over there right around five, just a little bit before got all my stuff and <clears throat> everything, you know, got got dressed and got everything together and went out. Um, and pretty much kind of went up the hollow behind our, our shed at my folks place and was just listening for birds. And I stood back there for probably five, 10 minutes and about two minutes into that five or 10 minutes, of course, a, a doe happened to walk, uh, just downwind of me and she blew like crazy and alerted everyone to my presence or at least all the deer. But shortly after that, um, across the road, that one Tom who just, will not shut up. Uh, he started sounding off and then a couple others started going as well. So I was trying to decide where exactly I wanted to set up. Um, I was thinking about maybe going down kind of in this Creek bottom by our place and decided against it after I heard a couple more gobbles on the opposite side of the property up that, uh, hollow. And so I decided to set up, uh, up that hollow just because I, you know, it's tough calling birds across the road and across a creek. Not that, you know, they haven't been down by that creek bottom. You know, that, that was where those double strutters were uh, uh, yeah. the week okay. prior. But um, <clears throat> I, I decided to go to try and follow the gobbles. And so I, I went up and I sat kind of on the edge of this um, timber. And it's the, most of the hollows, uh, just all prairie grass. And so I threw my decoys out and then I, just started doing some very, very soft, uh, clucking and putting. And I heard one gobble that sounded less than a hundred yards from me. 
and I was super fired up about that. Totally ready for him. I had a, two more gobblers um, just over the hill behind me off of our property. Now, could you see and them or you just heard them? I just heard them. Okay. Yeah. Just heard them. Gotcha. And yeah, so, so the way I was kind of set up, we were, I was about halfway up this hill. That was where like the, the wood line was. Okay. And so it wasn't an ideal spot, but I could see a lot. And with my decoys, if there were birds up in the ag field um, <clears throat> behind our house, you know, then if they were to come, you know, depending on where they're at in that ag field, they could see across and see the decoy spread as well. Gotcha. Um, so I what, set up there, that one dollar that sounded off real close. That was the only bit that I ever heard of them. Um, I went back and forth with the two that were over the hill behind me. And after about, I'm trying to remember, what time did you shoot, shoot your bird? Just so I can, I'm trying to get my timeline together here. Man, I think it was like 7.10. 7.10, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah, so I, those birds shut up and I could hear them start to work away from me. And it sounded like one of them was kind of going down over the hill um, towards the creek bottom into this meadow. And... So I was like, you know, maybe I'll, I'll try and put the move on and down there. I've got a food plot in the bottom of our property, um, just from deer season that was nice and wide open. Um, so I was going to go set up down there and as I'm walking along the edge of our property, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I got no clue what I was thinking, but I, I gave a couple of, uh, pretty loud bubble clucks and a few, a few yelps. And I stuck my head just up over the the ridge of this meadow. And as I did that, I look out in the middle of that meadow and about 80 yards from me is a Tom gobbling his butt off and sprinting my direction. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I'm standing there like, I can't move. I can't like, like, like there's nothing I can do. I'm pretty much wide out in the open. I've got a couple of trees, um, you know, behind me, but for the most part, I am just completely skylined on this horizon here. Uh, and so he, I think he saw me, but he wasn't quite sure what I was. And he stopped and he quarter strutted and he like sprinted to his right, probably 10 yards. And then he went into a full strut, spun around two or three times and then just sprinted back into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> now, how, how close had he gotten to you? He was he hung up right about probably eighty yards. Okay, okay, seventy or eighty yards. Gotcha. So I could see everything. I could see his, you know, plain as day. <laughs> so right about then, that was when I was like, "Well, crap! I blew that completely. Like, yeah, completely screwed that." So you you so packed your decoys up. Would had he come to like? The point where he hung up at, would he have been able to see your decoy spread before? No, no. It was kind okay. of, he was sort of around the other side of a point. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, I, I think eventually, you know, had I stuck it out and waited there until mid-morning, he probably would have come around just because sure. they usually go down into that meadow, go down by the creek bottom, and then they work back up into this uh, little bit of an oak flat, and then they'll work their way around the point over to where I was sitting. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so I, I blew that. I think I texted you right after I did yeah, that. Yeah, you did. You were not you were not I, pleased with yourself. I was not pleased with myself one <laughs> bit. My my woodsmanship <laughs> rating that just in Wednesday or on Wednesday in general was 
subpar at best. It yeah. was just bad. Well, you're, dude, you're, hold on. I've got to go back and look at these texts because I, I can't remember the exact conversation, but <laughs> I think it was pretty hilarious. Like the way things, uh, the way things rolled on there. Oh goodness. Let's see. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. So you texted me, you said, I'm at my folks place. Uh, may go over here. I think they're back there. And you kind of sent me a pin. I said, ah, oh, they're mm -hmm. probably going to strut up on that hill for a while. Yeah. They're staying put might shoot to this other place. Um, let's see. I told you I had one that gobbled close and then, uh, you said, dang, just blew it on a big Tom got spotted on my way to the next setup. And I think <laughs> I had said somewhere before, like, Hey, maybe you could hang in there <laughs> or something. Yeah, you, I don't... You, you were like a couple of hen yelps, a couple of Jake yelps. And now, now the silent treat for him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, not, to, I mean, I that's like, not, yeah, that's not, I told you so. That's I not, I told you so. It's just, uh, it's just a dude. You just never know with these things. And you know what, you know what the thing is though? You could have sat where you were and mm -hmm. hen yelped and Jake yelped and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. not been in his bubble and he would just ignore you. But right. you got up and you started moving up the hill and you obviously got into the bubble that he liked. Right. Right. And then here he comes. You yep. know, so who who I knows? Mean, just beelining for me. It was, and, <laughs> oh, and he was goodness. completely. I mean, the that whole meadow is it's kind of like a long, skinnier thing, but it's probably I don't know, it's probably 80, 90 yards wide, and he was dead center in the middle of it, wide open, oh. like not and like nothing. He could see everything, and uh, there I was, just skylined. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Not so. my finest moment, but right around then you texted me that you had a hen coming in and uh, you were hopeful that Tom was behind him. And then right after that, I think in, in the same minute of text, he said, have a Jake come and smash it or no. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Yeah. But there, then, a, a, uh, a Jake never got within appropriate range. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a good sign. I would just hang with it. And then, yeah. uh, then it happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> it did. Then it, then it happened, but I'll, I'll share, I'll share mine here in just a minute. I want to hear the rest of yours because sure. so you, you kick yourself a little bit, right? Yep. Uh, but you keep going. What do you uh, do I next? Keep going. I, I went in, had a cup of coffee and, uh, that's a good reset. That's a good reset. Yeah. dude. I think, oh. pe I think people need to learn from that right there because like do something like, right. Even if it's just like, go back to the car and just like, just have a couple sips of coffee or yeah. like, just put all your stuff down and sit for like five minutes. Yep. Play just a game the, on your the, phone for five minutes. Right. Like do something exactly. to like break the, break the, the junk that's now going on in your mind. Right. Yeah. Disrupt the bad juju or something. Yeah, but man. Yeah. That, that mental break. I mean, you just go back into it, like feeling so much more reset. Yep. Yeah, um, for sure. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it didn't reset the bad juju for me that day. And so <laughs> should have had two cups, <laughs> but I was caffeinated cups. for it at least. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so then I, I drove around over the hill, um, to our, our family friend, uh, who gave me some, uh, permission to hunt at his place. And I went to set up it was, by this time. It was like seven thirty, seven forty-five. 
And <clears throat> season B last year, I'd, I'd shot a Tom um, right around like just after eight. I think it was like eight sixteen um, down in the bottom of this valley on his property. And so I went down there because it's real wide open, um, mostly just grass. And so I was going to walk down there and throw my decoy spread out. Uh, w- was not was not cautious in my approach. Uh, cause I was like, like basically one whole side of it is, um, like it's almost all oaks, I think. And those leaves were just dry and mm. super crunchy. So I yeah. was trying to be a little bit stealthy and yep. walk down below there. Um, so what, what the, decoy spread are you using? I was using a Jake and a hen. Okay. Quarter strut Jake. And then like a, a lay down hen. Dude, you can't go wrong with that. Like. I hear a lot of guys talk. Well, first of all, a lot of guys don't like decoys, but Hey, mm-hmm. I've got three small kids. I don't have time for that. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like season, everybody's like, okay, what should you use for season A, B, C, D, you know, or mm-hmm. as the season goes on, what should you use? Dude, if you use a Jake and a hen every single season. Yeah. You're you'll good get to, something to yeah, come in. Yeah. It, you're good to go like that. To right. me is, is crucial. All right. So Jake and a hen, you get them out there. Maybe not being as stealthy as you should. Not quite as stealthy as I should. Mostly just in my approach. Like I was, I was being quiet, but I was just not, <clears throat> it was a big day of getting like busted visually. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I was walking down there and there was a hen that was down in the bottom and she was right down in the bottom, wide open. And uh, she saw me and she whipped around and booked it back over to the whatever side she was on and uh i was like well crap like i'll i'll just shut up here i'll set up my decoys and get set and so i did all that got set for whatever reason there were more more does out wednesday morning than i think i probably saw all the deer season because <laughs> i got blown at by them and then uh Dude, come come fall you hens, need to kill every single one of them you just got exactly, to eliminate we're them. We're going to have to. We got too many of them <laughs> at this point. Oh, man. <laughs> but we, uh, so I, I sat down, I, I watched those does kind of scamper off. And then a couple minutes after them, two hens followed them up. Um, I sat down there for a little bit. Um, didn't see any birds, didn't hear any birds really. Uh, started calling a little bit, struck one up. Um, like across the valley from me up on top of this hill. Um, <clears throat> I thought maybe I'd be able to pull him towards me, but he was pretty darn content up there. I'm assuming he made friends with those hens that had run up there and had no intention of leaving them. So, which is the complete opposite of what happened last year. Last year I had um, almost in the exact same spot. Um, I had two gobblers that were up there and, they were just kind of working this field edge and I set up down there and I called at them and they both just sounded off like crazy and started working down the hill right towards my spread. And then, uh, they were, I mean, just every 15, 20 yards stopping to strut and spin around and quarter strut and spitting and drumming. And then they got about halfway down the hill and a third Tom came sprinting up the bottom of this Valley right into my decoy spread. <laughs> and, so I was really hoping that that would be my kind of luck again this year. I think that hunt, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bet. that hunt last year, I I sat out for like from the time that I got out on my truck to the time that I, like, you know, dropped a tom. I think it was twenty six minutes. That's not bad. And then my my fifth season tag, or no, wait, sorry, that was my that was my fifth season tag. My second season tag 
it was 13 minutes. Dude. What, and it was just, it, what makes this spot so good? Is it just the number of turkeys that are there or is it, is it like something about the way it lays out? Well, there's, so there's like a, a spring that runs through the bottom of the valley on his property that feeds into another branch of, uh, this, uh, this pretty decent trout stream. And it's very, there's a lot of elevation on this property. It's surrounded by ag. Um, the guy who, whose property it is, um, he's known as the gourd guy at the Madison farmer's market. <laughs> and he, Oh, the gourd I, guy. He's, he specializes in procurement of dried gourds. Like that's, that's his deal, but he's got a, a big old garden uh, up on top of his hill. And mostly he sells them for like crafts and stuff like that. Um, wow. Like dried out and everything. People can do birdhouses or paint them or whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, but he's got a pretty big garden up on the, I guess it'd be the, the east side of his property. And then that's pretty flat, pretty open. Um, and then on the west side of his property, it, that, big flat on top kind of forms out into a big point and then it drops super steep down um, to the south and the west uh, and then goes into a, a big grassy bottom. Um, both sides of that valley are all, it's pretty much oak savanna. Oh, okay. And like nice. big old oak trees. Like it, it's just gorgeous out there. And then it's got that spring running through the bottom of it. And then on the opposite side, that west side of the property line, um, it's all ag. Wow. And so there's, I mean, they got everything they need. They got yeah. all these acorns to pick through. They've got ag fields to go out in. They've got all this grass and room to strut. Um, they've got the gardens to raid if they so desire. They've got the spring in the bottom and plenty of elevation to, uh, I mean, just great trees to roost in, in general, but yeah. like plenty of elevation to sound off on and project their, their sound as well. But <clears throat> on top yeah. of it, yeah, it's, uh, but I don't, I mean, I'm hoping this podcast won't change that and nobody starts digging too hard, but no, it's all, there's no public around there either. And not that many people, uh, turkey hunt in the area. So yeah, not that anyone should go knocking on doors, go yeah. find your own, but <laughs> yeah, man, you know, I've said that so many times on, on like different things that I've done where I'm just like, Hey man, you know what? If, if somehow through this, the content that I produce, you have been able to figure out like where I'm at. Like that's right. cool. And if you already hunt the same public areas as me, shoot me a message. Mm -hmm. I'd love to text back and forth and share what I'm seeing, share what you're seeing. Right. I'm exactly. not going to be territorial. Yeah. We can team up. Dude, you want to hunt a hundred yards from each other? Let's tag team this area, you know, or whatever. Yep. Like, you know, let's, let's do that. But, but if you figured it out and you don't typically hunt there, like give me some mm -hmm. space, bro. You right. know, like, <laughs> give, me, give, give me some room. Like if you figured it out, cool. And if you want to let me know you figured it out, that's cool too. But don't, absolutely don't, 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 don't make a special trip. Right. Yeah. Don't step on toes. Like <laughs> yeah. just, it's not worth it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not worth it. But, but yeah, so I went over there, kicked those deer, kicked those hens, um, and, uh, had that Tom goblin, but knew he wasn't really coming. So I went back home, uh, for another coffee reset. <laughs> And some Man. lunch, uh, sent a few work emails and just did some work for an hour or two around midday. And then, uh, went over to my buddy's place. He was working from home. So I, I finished up some more of my work there. And then 
like I said, right around three o'clock, I think I went back out there um, <clears throat> at his place and set up on this ridge right in that, that kind of strut zone that I was telling you about. Um, Cause I knew the neighboring properties to that were, um, I mean, they, I know guys ask that landowner for permission at least a year in advance because it books out that fast. Wow. Um, and then the guys, I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Awesome. Awesome property out there again, super hilly, super open. Um, you've still got those Creek bottoms. You've still got the, the Oak Savannah's kind of, it's just a lot of ag out there too. But <clears throat> I mean, I, I, my old high school guidance counselor goes out to one of these properties every single year and tags out every single year. Man. <laughs> and there's just birds on birds on birds. So I was hoping maybe they'd be, they'd be willing to come over my direction and uh, work their way up the hill to see what was going on up there. But I mean, it was, it was pretty windy um, the whole week really. And uh, especially on Wednesday, like in the afternoon and just up on the hill that I was on, I probably shouldn't have set up there to begin with. But again, didn't want to pressure any of my other properties too much, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I did have a couple of birds come in behind me. I thought I heard some scratch and I heard some, some footsteps, some leaves crunching. Um, I was really, really hoping they would work their way up past me, um, up to my decoy spread and all that, but no such luck. I tried turning around just like very slowly to, you know, see if I could see anything, but it was just denser than heck behind me and couldn't do it. Found a really nice shed while I was out there though. But, um, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was an absolute tank. And he was telling me that they don't deer hunt out there too. So I'm like, dude, if you're cool with me turkey hunting Are you cool with me deer hunting like come on man did you ask him <laughs> i did yeah yeah what he say? It, it sounded like he had to check with his folks but oh okay it was their property but gotcha but Sweet, yeah man he was he was house sitting for them while they were on vacation and gotcha all that but hopefully that'll be a another go-to come uh come october november yeah hopefully but that was the extent of my my uh fortune on <clears throat> on wednesday and then like i said didn't make it out until sunday but uh so are you chomping at the bit thursday friday saturday or i was yeah i was I, all i could see was that that first tom that i'd spooked out in the middle of that field that was all i could see for thursday and friday oh, like, oh just haunting God. your dreams I, oh it was brutal goblin in your yeah, face all brutal. night yep <laughs> exactly but yeah sunday our luck turned around all right so take me to sunday morning then it's sunday well actually take me to saturday night first because how are you going into sunday morning like who are you hunting with what's the what's the prep like are you roosting birds again on this day or what what's going on so i uh yeah so i i didn't roost birds the night before uh didn't have time and i'd made plans to hunt uh, on Sunday with my buddy Logan, uh, who's I hadn't I actually hadn't hunted with him since he he first got me into turkey hunting, <clears throat> so it was long overdue getting back together with him, and uh, so we met out at um, <clears throat> my neighbor's property at about five a.m. and as, I mean as soon as we got out there, we heard goblin probably one hundred and fifty yards away down. They were roosted on that west side of the valley. 
And so I was, uh, he wanted to film. And so I, I started, you know, basically we decided to start walking down there. We're going to throw the decoy spread out in the bottom and see if maybe once light came, you know, first light, um, or we had reached first light. Sorry. I don't know why that the computer freezing threw me off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we got down there threw the decoys out by that point, it was kind of gray light. So I didn't want to go too far out into the field and risk casting a shadow or anything, um, and spooking birds. So I I ended up setting my decoys a little closer than I probably should have, um, to the tree that I was on. I, once it, got to be light enough i realized they were about probably 12 yards from uh the base of my tree that i was in (laughs) logan was uh back behind me and so as it started getting lighter more and more birds started sounding off some hens flew down um the gobbler that we heard first he set or he was sitting pretty up in that tree for hey probably a good 20 minutes after all the other birds had flown down. He was one of the last ones down, but he was going and then some hens flew down and this one hen was just sounding off. She was just chatty and a Jake followed her down and gave some very lackluster gobbles to try and get her attention. And (laughs) um, one by one, we kind of watched these birds drop down out of the roost or pitch down out into that ag field that I was mentioning. That was just off the property line. And, uh, you know, I was, I was doing some yelping and clucking and all that, and just trying to get some attention. I had, had those gobblers responding. Um, but they were, they were pretty set on going out into that egg field. One of them, uh, dropped pretty much straight down out of that tree just about. Um, I thought maybe there was a chance we could, you know, he'd be able to see that Jake and just be that fired up first thing in the morning that he'd follow us down and, um, or come down the hill and try and investigate, but no such luck. We watched him go up into the field and, uh, pretty much that whole flock of probably 12, I'd say probably 15 or so, um, went out into the field. There were still some goblin, lots of strutting. We watched them kind of work off, um, to the North from where we were at. And once they were all out of sight, <laughs> I turned around to look back towards Logan and just, I was going to ask him like, what, like, what's the move? What do you want to do? And as I looked back, I looked at Logan's eyes and he was looking right up above me and I spun back around and about 20 yards from me, this hen was pitching down right into our decoys what? <laughs> and she landed about 10 feet from me. But I'm like, I was, I mean, my shoulders were turned and everything. So I did a full like torso rotation back as she was landing and she didn't have a care in the world. I mean, she sat there, she milled about for a little bit. And then, uh, we watched her just still as can be, and she could care less. She was sitting down there. She hung out in the decoys for a little bit and then started working off. Um, we later found out she had a nest about 80 yards, um, up the hill from where we were sitting. So we think she was going to pitch down and go, go tend to that. Um, but from where we couldn't really see where she went because she didn't, we didn't want to move too much. And she was moving at a pretty decent pace. So we waited a while and finally we, the hill we were sitting on was pretty steep and I just kept sliding down and sliding down. And 
was super uncomfortable and like if a bird were to come by there's no way i'd be able to shoot so i decided to reposition myself and as soon as i did that she was i mean she ended up being probably 25 yards from us just down the hill a little ways and or behind this tree and uh so she flew back up and we were sitting there and we we're kind of like i i don't know if we're gonna be uh <laughs> I don't know if we're going to have much luck here with her sitting in that tree. And we waited it out. Just sitting there eyeballing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we were trying to be still and did some more calling and all that. And eventually decided to uh, pack up the decoys and get up. And then we were going to walk up on top of that point that I'd mentioned earlier. Um, we went up there, did some calling, um, had a couple of responses from birds on the opposite side of the, or over in that egg um, where they all pitched down to. And then, kind of did a whole perimeter search of the property, just kind of looking out into all the fields and everything real carefully doing some calling sequences here and there. Um, went over to the North corner of the property and we're just looking out into the ag and saw a pretty good sized Jake um, <clears throat> kind of working this timber line. It was just like a tiny little strip of woods um, out in the middle of this cornfield. And we started hammering on, uh, our calls at him and he was, seemed interested and was slowly, slowly working his way towards us. But we were, I mean, he didn't have any sort of urgency about it whatsoever. And once we felt that we were starting to lose his interest, we decided to walk um, <clears throat> to the uh, Southwest corner of the property, kind of just along that Western edge where they'd all flown down from and gone out into the ag field. Didn't have any luck, didn't see any birds. Um, we, we were able to strike one bird up, um, uh, well, we struck birds up from across the, across the road. And then another one that was just over the, the, the hill from that, um, it, like in that ag field, basically. And luckily for us over the hill from that ag field was my folks property. So we were like, okay, maybe we'll have some luck over there. So we decided to pack up, ran back over there, got over there around, around nine, I'd say. Um, and we walked up to the, the, ed, the basically up into the timber uh, behind my folks place towards this ag field. <clears throat> and our, our property line stops about 25 yards uh, short of the, the field edge. Mm, okay. And so we stopped there and I actually climbed halfway up my, uh, ladder stand to <laughs> peek up into the field a little bit and just see if there were birds out there or anything. And uh, so, is, so I, is that your ladder stand? That's, that's an 80 yard walk or a 110 yard walk. That's the 80 yard walk. That's the 80 yard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, uh, the story of stories of hunting at your parents' place just cracks me out, man. Like it's, Dude, it's, it's, it's such a gem. It's spoiled. It, like, it's I mean, such a gem. really, really, it's a total gem. Like we're just unbelievably spoiled out there. Hey guys, just want to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast is brought to you by Tacticam. As many of you know, I've really gotten into filming my hunts over the last two years, and I especially love filming my turkey hunts. This spring, I'm going to be running the Tacticam 5.0 and the Tacticam 5.0 wide cameras. I plan to have the 5.0 mounted to my bow stabilizer with the 5.0 wide looking back at my blind to get great second angle footage. The 5.0 and the 5.0 wide deliver 4K 30 frame per second resolution in a weatherproof package, there's also a remote that you can get for them so that you can operate these cameras 
with just the click of a button. And to make it even better, they offer tons of mounts and accessories made specifically with hunters and anglers in mind. If you're hoping to capture your hunting memories to share with friends, family, and loved ones, check out the Tacticam 5.0 and the Tacticam 5.0Y today at www.tacticam.com. Share your hunt with Tacticam. All right, so sorry, you're hanging off of a ladder trying to see if there's birds in the field. Hanging off a ladder trying to see if there's birds in a field. I, I kind of look down the field edge and I can see the top half of a silver Silverado that I knew was the, um, <clears throat> one of the neighbors. And I climbed down from the ladder. And I'm looking at Logan. I'm like, there's a truck up there. So that means our, our neighbor has got to be, he's probably out here somewhere. And as if on cue, we heard some, uh, heard some pretty, I don't want to, I don't want to bash him. We heard some <laughs> evident box calling. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a box call. Okay. It was definitely a box call. Yeah. And uh, we heard that down the road from, or not down the road, down the <clears throat> the ridge from us, probably 60 yards. And so we're like, well, we can't, we can't set up 60 yards from them. So let's go down the hill and we'll set up 90 yards from them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that extra 30 makes all the difference. Exactly. Well, it was de- like significantly downhill. I mean, he yeah. was going to pull all those birds out of the fields and everything. So yeah, we, uh, we went down. <clears throat> Uh, kind of behind our shed a little ways right on the, the edge of the timber and we start calling and we have a, a gobbler up the hollow from us who starts sounding off and sounds like he's coming our way a little bit he responded to a couple of our calls and <clears throat> so we're like all right let's let's throw the decoys out we'll see what we can do we shut up after one more calling sequence once we were set he responded and then <clears throat> we went quiet did that for about half an hour and then uh after that, we're like, let's, we should check him. Like, let's just see where he's at. And uh, so we called, <clears throat> he responded, but he was, sounded like he was probably 50 yards further away from us than the last time that he called. So he lost interest and we're like, well, crap. Like, I guess we're, we're SOL there. <clears throat> and so we're packing up and Logan was just hitting the pot call, um, just trying to see if we could get anything. He was actually, messing with that t- or the gobbler that was across the road that was responding to everything that and guy again yeah that guy again man every day like dude okay so i, I gotta stop you right here real quick can you see this turkey at all no nope. nope. you I've can never laid eyes on him never okay so you, he just stands out in this field and just gobbles his head off basically right he doesn't move like i i, I kid you not like he probably I would say he pro- from the sound of it, it sounds like he moves less than a hundred yards total in a day between like where he roosts and where he like the field that he calls from or gobbles from all day. Yeah. Like he, uh, I've he's seen a bird. He's just ancient. I mean, he's got to be massive because he was yeah. caught like responding to everything. And I mean, this is, isn't the first time that we've heard gobbling from that same exact spot. I heard it last year. I heard it the year before too. And they just, for what I mean, they must just have it made over there. But yeah. I, I heard I had a bird like that that I hunted last year, and uh, he was really distinct. He was missing two tail feathers from his fan, mm-hmm. so he. I mean, <laughs> you could tell it was him. So like, whenever you'd see him, you could call to him. You could do whatever you wanted to him, <laughs> and he was not. He was not moving. I watched that dude stand sit out in the field and breed hens for like five hours, um, and just not moving. He's just stood there and spun circles. 
you know. So he had like a gap in his fan when he'd when he'd strut. Yeah, big gap That's in his awesome. fan, and he had <laughs> and he had like white tips of his feathers. So he looked he looked almost like a Miriam's. Yeah, uh, and so it's just beautiful bird. I <clears> never could get him. Um, my buddy reaped him on the last day of the see or next to last day of the season last year. So we went out oh. to one of his places, set up. Turkey's never gobbled. Mm-hmm. Turkey flies down into our decoy spread. It's a Tom. I shoot it. We're done. Right. Like most textbook, but yet kind of boring Turkey hunt ever, right. you know, just, but right. it was good. Cause I got to share it with my buddy, really good friend. Exactly. Uh, but we, I'm like, Hey, let's go check out some of my farms and see what we can do. And he's got this little reaper decoy that he's, that he's mm-hmm. used. And, um, sure enough, this, this Turkey that we ended up, he named it too shy, uh, just because he was too feathers shy of a full fan, but he was also too shy to come into calling. So, yeah, you know, it, perfect. yeah, it, it, it worked out. It worked out. So, um, <clears throat> so anyway, we pop out in this little field and come up over this hill, basically right where my son and I were sitting when we had the encounter that I sent you the, the video of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Except he gets on that hill with too shy down in that bottom and man, he came in to fight and he <laughs> basically took two shy's head off at like five yards. Uh, oh. Yeah. So it was pretty sick. I got it on video. I'll, I'll send it over to you, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to see that. That's anyway, awesome. But I've seen turkeys like that before and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how to kill them other than reap them. Get permission. Yeah. That's reap right. them or get permission or yeah. who knows. I mean, yeah. yeah. Cause that, when they're sounding off that much, it's like they're just like they they're begging yeah. to get shot. They are. They're, they they are. Mean, they're asking for it. And <laughs> and this, so this bird too shy. When I would be able to see him, he would fly way out. Like he would he would fly off the roost, and his feet would not touch the ground until he was a hundred yards out into the ag field. Really? And then, oh yeah. And then boom. Then he'd land way out in the middle. It's like so he was careful. Oh, dude was real careful. He was like, I don't even like trees that much. I just roost in them. Makes you wonder how much or how he lost those uh, two feathers. Like if somebody missed him or something, then he's like, nope, no I, more field edges for me. I'm, <laughs> I have no I'm idea. an open space man from yeah, here on out. Uh, dude, he was, man. I got, it was cool. It's pretty cool. Cause you know, you, you can build history with deer. I built history yeah. with this turkey over the season. Like I have a video of him on multiple occasions. Right, and then yeah. I finally got a video of, of, on the last day or next to the last day of the season, my buddy reaping him. So it's just really cool to have like the full story. And actually, so he had come in the very first morning of the season. Uh, I had like nine, a group of nine long beards and Jake's come Mm -hmm. in just rushing my decoys. I'm freaking out on the inside. I'm not in the blind (laughs) or anything. I mean, I'm just exposed, you know, and I've got a camera. It's my first time trying to film my hunts. I'm, you know, got all this stuff that I'm jerking with. And I look over and he stops about... 60 yards out, you know, sure. like an old Tom will do pops a strut. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, there he is. But this little group of Jake's that had run all the way into the decoys had a long beard with it. So I shot the long beard and sure. that was the last time I ever saw too shy get within 60 yards of a decoy. Like, so yeah. I don't know if he'd had a negative encounter before that, maybe the year before, right. but that was opening day that I shot his buddy right in front of him. Right. And was he a pretty big bird? Like, was he, he was gigantic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huge yeah, he's fan. Probably, he's probably seen it all, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge fan on him. Just one of those birds that you're like, Oh my God. Like, you know, you know, you, you feel like there's some birds people like fold them out. 
they're fan yeah. out and they're just like, oh, that's a cute little bird. And then other right. others, you're like, you can't see the guy, and you can see like the top of his head, you know, right. poking. Out. That, that's what it was, what it was like with that one. So, anyway, all right. Oh. So, so you got this bird responding, but he's not coming, and you know he's not gonna come. Yep. Right. Yep. We know okay. he's not coming, so we're packing up. Logan's messing with this bird across the valley from or across the road from us, and uh, we get packed up and we're we're kind of laughing at how this gobbler is just sounding off to every single call we make and then after like one or two more calling sessions we hear two gobbles and they're close and they're up on top of the hill like right back pretty much where we started when we uh saw the neighbor's truck and so we're like shoot dude neighbor's gonna smoke one of them like <laughs> like we're just sitting there waiting to hear a gunshot yeah and um like well let's go over there. Like, let's just at least go up there and like, maybe, I don't know, maybe we can see it. Or maybe if he does shoot, the other one will come like our way looking for cover or something like that. Who knows? And so we're kind of like slowly walking up the hill and we're like, okay, these birds are close. Like they're definitely up in the field. Why haven't we heard a shot? Like what's going on? Why haven't we heard a shot? Are they behind him? Are they like, does he just, not have a shot like what the heck is going on but then we're listening to them and they're just getting closer and closer and closer and logan's finally like dude they're coming like because he he was still calling intermittently as we were working our way up the hill and i was like yeah dude i think you're right like like they are and so we we were up there and there was a, a pile of just fallen limbs and stuff uh up there that we were both kind of like crouched down behind because we didn't know how close these birds were and uh Logan calls a little bit more and uh, we, we hear him. They're definitely up in the field. And he's like, like, I, I think you got to get ready. Like you just <laughs> like, you, you got to set up somehow and yeah. like, we'll see what we can do. And uh, <clears throat> there's a little clearing that used to be a food plot like 10 years ago, but just nothing really grows there anymore. Um, it's probably like 10 yards by 10 yards, pretty small. Um, <clears throat> but between the field edge and it, it is just thick. Like the honeysuckle over the past couple of years has just exploded in there and it's oh, yeah. just dense. And so I'm like, okay, the nearest tree for me where I've got even like a chance at like, you know, having a little bit of field of vision and shooting is just on the downhill side of this little clearing here. So I set up there, I've got nothing but one little like stalk or stalk of like a, a you know, little thorn bush. Um, between me and like the rest of the clearing. Oh, <laughs> and so I sit down there and like, we're calling and uh, we, we can hear these birds coming in close and they're just jacked up. And like, from like the, from the moment I sat down, they were within that range where you can feel the percussion of their gobble, like in your chest. Oh yeah. And uh, Dude. so they're just bow, bow and just going nuts. And Logan's finally like, I like we're looking at each other and we're like, like, I think they might hang up, but he's like, all right, then I'm, I guess I'm going to start working down the hill and I'm just going to see if I can draw him down and very, very slowly, just real soft yelps. He starts slowly working down the hill and these Toms lost their minds. They just freaked out. When he and started so working, like dropping back. They start coming in. Yeah. They're, they're gobbling like crazy. Cause they can hear this, you know, alleged hen starting to walk away from them and they're just like no no way like 
we're up here, like, come on. And so we're sitting on the, I'm sitting on the edge of this uh, clearing. I can't see them. I can't hear anything. It sounds like they're over to my right. So I kind of turn that way. And then it sounds like they're in front of me. And then it sounds like they're to my left. So I'm slowly trying to adjust and gauge just off a of sound where they're at. And uh, then after I couldn't, I had no clue where Logan was at. And after about five minutes or so, I can look through this honeysuckle and I see dark feathers slowly moving, like very slow, but I can see one blob of dark feathers. And then I see a big dangling beard and then another blob of dark or dark feathers behind him. So I'm like, okay, they're like, dang, they're actually coming. <laughs> and, uh, cause like, I mean, you know, we're, we're calling them downhill out of a wide open field into just the thickest crap you can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, w without Logan, it, it wouldn't have happened. Like it, it would not have happened with yeah. him, without him being able to creep down the hill. That was the key to success on this hunt. But yeah. these birds start working their way through. There's like two honeysuckle bushes between these birds and I, and I'm pointing at them. I can see their head changing color. The the front one, his head's changing color. He's spitting. His snoot is just flying. And uh, <laughs> oh. he's, he's, he's quarter strutting. Got he's a full strutting. He's just spitting like crazy and drumming and who works down past the the further honeysuckle bush kind of into a little bit of a clearing on right on the edge of the where it goes from prairie grass into woods and there's one honeysuckle bush between he and i and i can see through it um <clears throat> to see him just full strutting he's just fired up and his yeah. buddy behind him is a little bit more timid but he's strutting doing the exact same stuff and i knew to the bird's left was a pretty worn down deer trail. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, if they keep going further left, I'm not gonna have a shot because there's too much brush. So I gave him just a couple of soft, soft clucks on my mouth call and very slowly they rotated 90 degrees, started just creeping down that little deer path. And then as soon as that first one got out just past the honeysuckle bush, he popped his head up and bang, dropped him right there, shot him at about nine yards, um, oh. just, just stonewalled them like uh, dropped flopped maybe two or three times and that was that and dude. immediately whipped around looked back at logan because he and i had had a really close encounter the first time he ever took me out turkey hunting uh where we were over at that neighbor's property and we called one up a hill and just he totally caught us with our pants down and uh we had no way to set up really and he was sitting there through a bunch of brush and the way he was he could look through the base of the brush and see straight at the two of us and oh yeah just just didn't give us a shot so i was like we need redemption like i, I gotta like logan's working hard over here with all this calling i gotta yeah man <laughs> i gotta make it happen for him and sounds so, like you got luckily it. we did that time and yeah it was i mean gorgeous like super blue iridescent body feathers and uh 11 inch beard inch and a quarter spurs they're pretty worn down but just an absolutely gorgeous bird so man it worked out perfect <laughs> that's awesome dude it's gonna be fired up man i don't have oh, a turkey tag dude. for another another little bit so i'm not feeling real good not feeling real <laughs> good about not having one right now when's All your right. next season uh i think i got a season d for zone one yep yep and i think i bought every other one from there on out in zone one. Sure. Like I think I have a D E and F. Um, gotcha. just, I, when it comes to those later seasons, 
they're 10 bucks, man. And I figured the money's right. going to like the money's going to, to conservation in some, some regard, right? Exactly. Like it's, it's being used by the DNR and I, I trust the DNR here in Wisconsin. I don't trust right. necessarily the politics that gets wrapped up in a lot of that, but, <laughs> but I see where the money goes. You know what right. I mean? And, um, you know, folks who say, well, I don't see where the money goes, go to Alabama, go to, go to Louisiana and, sure. and, and see what it's like to hunt some of the other States where you really don't see where the money goes. And then Dude, Illinois. Yeah. 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 Oh. And then you come back here to Wisconsin and you'll, you'll realize, okay, this right. is, that's where the money goes. Like, absolutely. You know? so anyway. Uh, oh goodness. I don't even know how I got off on all that. Oh yeah. So I got a DNF. And then I got, mm-hmm. uh, I think I've got an E and F for zone two. Uh, sure. So I'll be chasing birds around here. And I think you've got a zone two, right? I do as well. I got D and E in uh, zone one and then a zone two F tag. Sweet. So that, that last week of zone two, um, has been really good for me. Sure. Uh, it, the birds are a little quieter mm-hmm. by that point I've noticed. Um, but you can still, you can still get one. They're you know, searching for that last hand, they're man. They're curious. Don't, they don't quit. No, no, they're super curious. I had one, like my very first turkey that I killed on my own, that I called in everything. I did mm-hmm. not use decoys. Like I did at the the old school, like full on 10th Legion, you know, <laughs> kind of way of turkey hunting. And, um, you know, I hid the hen, did all the things, played the game with him, got him curious, and he – poked his head up over the hill just high enough where I could, you know, he just kind of telescoped it, you know, like they do. Yep. And I busted him. I'm talking about, oh. and it, it was probably five minutes after his feet hit the ground. So Ooh, it was, yeah, even it was better. It was Dude, barely, those short and sweet hunts are the best. Man. Oh yeah. Well, and that was the first time that I'd ever killed a Turkey on my own. Like I'd had somebody take me before and I shot one. Right. And then I went out, roosted a bird the night before just by sheer luck. And then went out and got that bird the next morning. Like came up, went home, pulled up on X, came up with a plan of how I was going to sneak into the roost. And then, I mean, it just, it just worked. So absolutely, anyway, yeah. yeah. You can't so, say it was all luck then. I mean, yeah, no, it's hard work, hard work. You but put the work in for yeah. it. Yeah, that was like like you were saying. I think when we were uh, when you were talking about your your two hour season, how you you put all that time into into your scouting so that when the time comes you're ready like you're yeah. i mean yeah you and i've been texting about turkeys for i mean the last few months it seems Dude, like probably I mean, since january least. february yeah. i mean i Easily. start i start keeping an eye on the local flocks in february like before yeah. the snow ever melts like oh, yeah. one of my favorite things to do is to drive around and find what fields have the first bear spot because as sure. soon as I'm finding bare spots where there's no snow in a field, that's where the turkeys are strutting. You right. know, even if they're not gobbling yet, they're starting to strut circles in those yeah. in those bare spots. Um, and so, yeah, man, I, I scout super hard for turkeys, and I scout, uh, I, I roost birds a ton. Like as soon as I have confidence mm-hmm. that they're that they're gobbling in the evening, so like March, I'm going out and listening. You know, just so when you're to, roosting birds, are you? Uh... <clears throat> What, what's what's your strategy? Are you just watching to see where they go up? Or are you just listening? Are you calling? Yeah, I'm dead um, silent. Are you trying to locate or call, like hooting at them or anything like that. Or? I'm almost never hooting at them. I'm not. Uh, I'm not crow calling. I'm not doing anything most of the time. Now I'll, sure. I'll let out one of those weird little THP like. 
kind of little things, you know, like that's pretty good. I, I, I have yet to dial mine in. That's dude, I'll, I'll rip one in a heartbeat, but, uh, <laughs> but mostly because my regular owl hoot with my voice is not good enough to get a turkey to gobble at it. Sure. So, uh, I have to just depend on that shock factor, you know, with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm out there roosting birds early. Mm-hmm. So by the time season rolls around, I've got it pegged. Like, if those birds are on this property today, like if I see them in this field, if they're in this part of this field, they're roosting here. And if they're in sure. that part of this field within two hours of dark, they're probably roosted over here, you know? So I, right. I do work pretty hard. So, um, yeah, so my, for my, my, uh, my season this year, <clears throat> you know, I wasn't able to get a season a tag. Uh, last year I tagged out within like 45 minutes of the start of season a, <laughs> Or something ridiculous, but same thing because I just I'd put so much work in. I knew where the birds were roosted. Mm-hmm. I knew not only where they roosted, but where they flew down to, where they like to mill around after flying down. Like I, sure, I knew it all. But this was um, a slow year for you then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was a, this one took a while. It took over double the amount of time uh, of last year to get a tag field. But I had um. I, I've got a lady who gave me permission on, on her property and it's just a, one of those gym, gym properties, you know, it's just a, sure. and it's a diamond in the rough because the property is not pretty and I do not have access to the timber. I can't hunt the timber. Mm-hmm. I can hunt like, like four, basically deep enough to get set up in the sure. wood line. And that's as far as I can go. Um, Interesting. But I, and, and no one lives on the property. So I think that's why I can get, access to to hunt the place because mm-hmm. there's nobody around to ask for permission unless you gotcha. call her and she lives in like illinois or something so oh really yeah huh. so i i tracked her down via uh on x and um she let me hunt there so I've, I've had a lot of success in this property over the last couple of years anyway uh yeah roosted birds the night before and mm-hmm. i had gone out the week before with my son and you know we had that really close encounter i sent you the video of just four turkeys just gobbling in his five-year-old face which was just (laughs) you know and they're at 15 yards and it's just the most intense thing that i've ever experienced in the field and i'm like you said you were holding the decoy in front of you guys too weren't you we were we were pinned down in the middle of a (laughs) cornfield both of us hiding behind a full strut decoy just like I took, I had a camo drape and I just draped camouflage across him. Like I didn't even know what else yeah. to do. So we're just this big camo blob behind the, behind the, uh, full strut <laughs> decoy. It was just, it was insane. So, but I took my buddy oh, Scott. Aw- that was his uh, first turkey hunt? Dude, that's his first turkey hunt. Oh my God. And I, I kept trying to tell him like, buddy, do you realize how special, like what you just experienced is like there are, there are grown men who've never experienced anything like that, you know, who've been hunting for years and have never had four turkeys gobble simultaneously in their face at 15 yards, you know, and get that kind of a, so anyway, yeah, yeah. He's hooked now though. So that did the the trick. I I sure hope he is. Yeah, it did the trick. But so I, I took my buddy Scott out to this property too. And, uh, we had uh, a hen come out. I'd, I'd heard a hen. We actually, we, we had birds roosted all around us, and we had a hen, a hen come out, and a tom hung up right inside the, the wood line, and he never would come out. I videoed him strutting and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. You could just see him, and he'd sit there and gobble and all that, and never would come out. Um, so I thought I'd go back to this property, give it a shot, but I was going to put out the full strut decoy this time just to see if he did hang up on the wood line again. This is the same property where we got too shy last year. 
So I'm like, if we got sure. another, if we got another two shy running around here, you know, one of those birds <laughs> not going to come in anything. I'm going to put the full strutter out there. And, uh, man, it was a quiet morning. Usually the birds are roosted in two separate spots on this property and they were roosted in one spot, which is actually the next neighbor's property over. And mm-hmm. the birds flew down. They did not come straight into this, uh, field, which usually, um, I, I know that if I just hang with it until about 10 o'clock, they're going to make their way there. It just takes, takes some time to get them there. Right. But, uh, man, yeah. I'm, I'm calling birds are gobbling on the roost and I'm calling and they are not answering me at all. And like, <laughs> like not even a little bit. And so it got to the point where they were gobbling. And as soon as they would gobble, I would start like, um, I would start cutting at them real hard. Like, Right. I mean, even as they're doing it and they, they still wouldn't. And so then when they started even gobbling, cutting them off like that, even with me cutting them off like that, they would oh. not respond. And so, um, next thing you know, so they start, they keep gobbling and it's getting close to fly down. I'm like, all right, I don't know what to do. So I start doing some, you know, a little bit louder hen yelps or whatever. Cause they, mm-hmm. they flew down kind of late that morning. And, um, so what I started doing is doing a couple of yelps and then doing a half, like, and I'm not real great with it on a mouth call, but I would do like a half gobble and then some Jake yelps. So, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you ever heard of Jake, like try to get a gobble out and he couldn't. And yeah, then he just, like, you know, it's just terrible. <laughs> it just sounds terrible, you know? And so, uh, so that's what I, I did to him a couple of times and, and nothing like would not respond. They mm-hmm. flew down and just silent. Um, but I'd heard a bunch of hens. I knew they had a bunch of hens over there with them. So I'm like, okay, well, mm-hmm. nothing I can do about it. It sounded like it two, maybe three times, uh, over there. So anyway, sure. so I'm sitting there and we just have a quiet morning, like nothing's going on and I'm texting you and, um, cause you know, we're both out that morning. You're, you're scaring every bird in zone one, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of pushing towards you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you, I think it worked, man. I think it worked. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and you know what? I, I didn't, I got to tell you the backstory. Hold on. All right. So before all of this, before I get to this property, I had gone out oh, the night yeah, before. Dude. <clears throat> I roosted a bird on public land, right? I mean, I know where this bird is and it's a, it's a bird that me and my buddy, Scott, we had gone out after on some public after chasing birds on this piece of property. And we struck one up at 11 in the morning and I've never, I've never killed a bird that late in the morning, but I've always heard if you strike one up at 11, guess what? They're coming. And, and this one was not coming. (laughs) (laughs) And so we, we tried to put the move on them, but I actually learned something from that bird. So as long as I called, we were calling from the road, uh, uh, well, this trail on the way in. And as long as we were calling from the direction of the trail, the bird was not, was not gobbling at us. But when we made, we started to make a big circle and we got on the other side of it where he was between us and the road. Then he started yeah. gobbling at us and we had been within a hundred yards of him, 200 yards of him the whole time. Really? Yeah. And probably why? Is that, is that, that's on public or that's, yeah, that's on public. He's that's probably on public. Just getting smart. Yeah. He's like, dude, I don't gobble at things that are over there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know hens don't hang out over there. That's nice right. Try. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I went out and I had roosted a bird on this piece of public right where I'd struck him up a few days earlier with my buddy Scott. So I'm like, man, I'm going in, I'm going to get that bird. So I get there, I'm super early. There's nobody in the parking lot. I'm like, sweet, here we go. It's happening. I grab all my gear. I start walking in. I get 200 yards, maybe 150 yards from the car. And I realize I don't have my phone, which doesn't necessarily sound like too big of a deal not to have your phone unless you have a wife who says you cannot go hunting without your phone because I'm convinced you're going to roll an ankle and die on some 
you know, piece of public land somewhere and I'm not going to know. Or I, I also had yeah, to take my, happen. what's that? It could happen. It, never it, know. Yeah, it could happen. And I also had to take my daughter to an appointment later on that morning. So I knew sure. I was going to have to be out of the woods by a certain time. And I just didn't want that stress. So I'm like, crap, I got to go all the way home and get my phone. So I walk all the way back to my car, start driving back. And as I'm driving uh, back down the street, somebody parks. I, I had parked at like this little inconspicuous place. I just pulled off the road, the side of the road. Yeah. Um, catch me if you can, coppers. Uh, no, <laughs> don't, don't do that. Please don't write me a ticket for anything. Um, no, so I, I, I saw somebody pull into the parking lot. That's like mm -hmm. the actual parking lot for the wildlife area. And I pulled yeah. in and I was like, hey, how's it going? There's a lady by herself. And I was like, hey, mm -hmm. you know, where are you headed? And she says north. I'm like, okay, that's I'm trying to be helpful here. Just don't tell me north, like, duh. Uh, so I was like, okay, are you going to go in and then head this direction? And she was like, yeah, that's where I was going. I was like, all right, great. That's fine. Um, I was going to be going back there, but I've got to run home. I've got a turkey roosted in this spot. I pulled up thing i'm like you know turkey's right here go kill yeah. it you know so i told her exactly where it was i was like you know where the marsh comes up and she's like yeah i know where that's at i'm like all right go sit there and kill that bird you know so because like, <laughs> i know by the time you i get back you. <laughs> well, well i know by the time i get back there might be three or four people there you know and, mm -hmm. I, and i know i've got i've got good private spots to go to if i want and you know so i figure why not man let let somebody you know do do a good thing right right absolutely. come home looking for my phone, can't find my phone, finally find my phone, get back out there. I'm driving out and I'm like, okay, now I know I've got to go to this private piece. I don't want a chance going to any of my other public spots because I might get there and there'd be somebody there. Didn't you say that your phone was Dude, in your base? I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to do this to me. So I get home and I can't find my phone and I'm looking all around for my phone. Where's it at? I don't know. It's not in my bedroom. It's not on the counter by the door. It's not where I got dressed in the garage. It's not in my car. Where's my phone? So I pull up my computer and I use the little find my phone thing, you know? Yeah. It is in my the pocket of my base layer. <laughs> I'd walked out of the house in my base layers and it was real cold that morning. It was like 20, 28 degrees or something. Oh, yeah. It was, it was not warm. No, it was real freaking cold that morning. And never it didn't get warm that day at all. No. And uh, but I had stuck my phone in my base layer pocket. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I thought you were forgetting a detail of that story. Yeah, conveniently. And then uh, you <laughs> conveniently brought it up. So uh, anyway, there it is. Um, but I had so many layers on that, like, when I started patting myself down, I couldn't feel it. Sure. I couldn't feel it until it started, like, vibrating and doing all kinds of stuff in my pocket. Then I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, my gosh. So I'm like, all right. So I get in my car, and I wasted all this time. I'm heading back. I got to get gas. My gas light comes on, right? It had come on on the way out. But I'm like, forget it. I'll get gas on my way home later today. Well, now I am home and I need to get gas before I can go back out anywhere. or I'm going to break down. So I get gas. Dude, I'm super late. I'm thinking this is not going to be good. But I, I got the spot. I hadn't roosted birds there the night before, but I'm pretty confident that I know where they roost on this place. And so, and I, I, I make a quick video because I'm filming my hunt this day. So I make a quick video in the car. I'm like, look, all right, here's the deal. Here's what just happened. I had a horrible morning. And uh, I've got two choices. I can either let all this crap get to me or I can say, moving forward, I'm going to get things right. Like if this was my reset, right? Like yeah. I had a cup of coffee and I'm like, this is it. Like, this, is, <laughs> this is when I'm resetting and it will not be bad from here moving forward. 
So everyone listening, take notes. The coffee is crucial. <laughs> the you coffee is absolutely turn things around. You critical. gotta have your coffee. Yes, that is exactly right. So I make the decision and I film myself saying, this is not going to impact the rest of my hunt. Right. So I get to the spot. I carry in all the crap that I needed to carry in, including the full strut decoy, which I had not brought out on this public piece. Cause I'm not interested in getting shot in the face. Yeah. Um, I don't blame you. Yeah. So, um, TSS is great for turkeys, bad for people. Um, <laughs> don't, don't want it. So anyway, so I get out there and I put these decoys out. All right. Like I said, turkeys go quiet after flying down. And, uh, so I, I can hear what sounds like a half gobble thing about mm-hmm. 150 yards away eventually. And that's when I text you. I'm like, okay, we got, we got a Jake coming. Should I smash one? I think my exact question was like, should I smash a Jake? Yep. <laughs> should I smash a Jake? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm kicking birds. Just, yeah. Just spooking. Oh. I'm like, Hey man, I'm trying to send them your way. And I like uh, how we're telling these stories. It's like a Tarantino movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So you're spooking birds and I'm worrying about smashing Jake's and uh, you're like, I don't know, man. Like it's the first day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what, Pierce, don't freaking judge me because no, <laughs> I wasn't judging. No. I was just, I was just offering, you know, no, you were time. right. What's the, what's the saying? Don't pass up on the first day. What you'd be glad to have on the last day. That's right. And you know what? I've got us. I've never shot a Jake. Neither have I. I've never shot I mean, one. And now that's mostly because I, if one has come in, it's always had a long beard with it. You know, I've, sure. never, I've never had a Jake come in by itself, but anyway, I don't know if I'll do it or not. Might happen one day. <laughs> so anyway, got a few more tags left this season. You know, anything could happen. Dude, there's plenty of time. <laughs> there is plenty of time. Um, so anyway, so I get out there, uh, we're sitting around or I'm sitting around, I'm filming all around me. You know, it's a pretty morning. It's cold though. I mean like real cold mm-hmm. and I'm calling blind calling every once in a while and I'm just not getting any kind of response, but I hear this gobble, this little half gobble. And I'm like, should I smash a Jake? You're like, Hey, it's the first morning. I'm like, okay, maybe I won't smash Jake, but I probably will if one walks by me. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then I hear like a legit gobble a hundred yards away and I'm like, okay, here we go. So I sure. start, I, I call back and when I call back, it does not answer me at all. I'm like, okay. So he gobbled on his own. I call, he did not call back at me. I think like taking this into my Turkey inventory here as I'm building my, mm-hmm. my Turkey toolkit. My first thought is he's got a hen with him or two, they started getting a little further away than he liked and he just gobbled yeah. just what he, just what he did. You know, he just gobbled. So when I sound off, he's, he's locked on these other hens. He does not care. So I shut up because I'm thinking they might hear me calling and pull him away because they're not answering me either. You know, right. they don't, they don't say anything to me either. So I just, I took the mouth call out. I threw all my calls down in the corner and I'm like, I'm not touching them again. <laughs> Because I want to see what I want to see how this plays out. Eventually, one hen pops out, and I think did I text you that like, hey, there's a hen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, you know, hen in the field. So I start filming her, and uh, I'm like, okay, this this might happen. Like because my exact thought was that this is probably a tom with a couple hens, and he's hanging tight with them. And if they come out in the field, then then he, they'll pull them along, and. So the first 10 pops out, I'm like, okay, this could be it. 
because I just heard the gobble from like the exact direction that these hens had come from. Then a second hen pops out and I'm like, okay, this has definitely got to be it because, you know, if, if there were two hens in there and he just gobbled in that direction, he's coming behind him. So I go ahead and I'm like, I filmed this hen, second hen for a second. I'm like, nah, forget you. I'm filming the corner of that field for when that Tom walks out. <laughs> like, like, like I want to be ready, you know, and I'm making sure I'm like, okay, is the, cause I knew my morning had gone like crap. So I'm like, do I have a shell racked? Like I'm double checking yeah. everything <laughs> at this point, you know, like I will not be fooled again uh, right. this morning. So, and man, all of a sudden he just pops out, boom, there he is. And he's mm-hmm. full strut immediately. Cause he sees my spread and I've got a hen, a Jake and a full strut decoy. So, I mean, I got the, I got everything out there, you know, yeah. I think somebody told me they call that the love triangle. I did not know that was a thing. Uh, apparently, not heard that. but if you have a full strut, a Jake and a hen, it's called the love triangle. And huh. I don't really know how I feel about that. It feels a little dirty to talk about, but, yeah. uh, anyway, so that's what they got. <laughs> anyway, so that's what I got out there and dude, he's in a strut and you can just see his whole demeanor change when he realizes that those that I've like, when he sees my spread, you just see yeah. him. He just changes dude. And he's, he's strutting and then he breaks strut and starts walking fast and then he struts again but he like can't stand it. And he, so he starts running, he struts again, yeah. he starts running. He's like back and forth. It's like, he's like, dude, you just can't, you can't take it, you know? Right. And the whole time I can tell like his beard is dragging the corn stalks. I mean, oh. it's, it's just like, boom, boom. I mean, it just dude, a rope, absolute rope on this guy. <laughs> so he gets in and he comes all the way up to my Jake decoy. And I had committed before the hunt. I'm like, dude, I'm going to get this shot on camera. Cause I've got a blind with Mm -hmm. multiple windows, which is a pain when you're filming turkeys, because if they get in that little spot, you know, that little sliver, you know, if you didn't set your decoys up quite right, or they just hang up right there, it's not real good. Mm -hmm. So I'd committed like, this is the time, like I'm definitely getting this shot on film kind of thing. And he came over and he hung up right there by my Jake decoy. I was hoping he'd come all the way to the full strut decoy. He hung up by the Jake decoy, just stood by it, postured, strutted around for a second looked and realized that his hens had stayed back at the edge of the field. So he went to turn around and walk back towards them, or at least he turned that direction. And, right. <laughs> and, and that whole commitment to making sure I got the shot on film went out the window, like immediately. So he right. turned, he's, he's in like partial strut. He turns and faces their direction, pokes his head up and boom, I shoot him and take him uh, right there. Just how far was he? Hammered him, uh, like 20 yards. Oh, perfect. 20 yards. You could. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, dude, you could, when he was running in, you could just see his, you know, his beard dragging. And then to just to Mm -hmm. hear when he would pop a strut, just to hear those wingtips, you know, flicking the corn stubble and all that. It was just, just amazing. Um, But he never did. He only gobbled the one time when he was further off. He gobbled the one time when he was further off. And that's, that's the second silent bird that I've killed from this exact stand location. Uh, just something about the way that everything lays out right there. They can, they can see my spread. However, Mm -hmm. they're using this little Creek bottom and the, and the, the terrain behind it. My bad calling is, is is okay because they, they see the spread and come in. So, um, but you know, I knew he had a nice beard on him and I was pumped and all that stuff. But then I went over there and and picked it up and I was, or flipped him over. I'm like, dude, this guy's got two beards on him. Yeah. And uh, so my first two one. legit beards. Two too. legit beards. So when I say two beards, don't think like, oh, we had a 10 and a four, you know, 
He was or 11. Like two or three wispy little, you know, fibers hanging down for the second one. No, no, no. It, it was like, so the first one's 11 and a quarter of, oh. of just, you know, not the thickest beard in the world, but a good beard. And then mm-hmm. the second one is equally as thick and 11 inches long. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking at the picture of it right now, man. Dude, so, it, I mean, two, like, legit beards. If you want to see the picture of that, you can head over to Instagram uh, where I've got, I think I've got some pictures of that up on there mm-hmm. uh, somewhere at the Wisconsin Sportsman Instagram. But anyway, 23-pound bird, uh, which I don't know if that's super heavy. I've never really weighed any of my other ones until that. Um, short spurs on them, though. I think just under an inch, maybe an inch. Yeah. Uh, something like they, that. But They're pretty worn down, aren't they? They, yeah, I think they might have been yeah. pretty. I think they might have been pretty worn down because he had. I mean, he got he had real big feet on him, and he was a heavy, heavy bird, and mm-hmm. uh, was certainly dominant. Man, he saw other male birds, and he was like, "No, this is not happening yep. today in my <laughs> field." And so, anyway, and all said and done, man, it was two hours in. Absolutely, it was. It was seven. I, I just looked. It was. I think it was like seven thirteen when I sent you uh, that I was tagged out. So. Yep. I don't know how quick I texted you after I shot him, but uh, <laughs> at seven eleven, you said, got a hand coming in. Hopefully a Tom's behind him, have a Jake coming in, smash it or no at seven fifteen, I said, that's tough. It is day one. And then at seven fifteen, you responded and said, freaking tagged out. Yeah. So <laughs> things <laughs> escalated super quick, uh, super quick, yeah, super, super quick. So it was the uh, way you want it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What would you say the key, the, I guess that the key was to your success on that hunt? Yeah. I, th- I think there are a couple of things. One was just not giving in to my, my foolishness earlier in sure. the morning, like, like big mistakes like that, man, that cost you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it cost me 35 or 45 minutes, yeah. maybe even closer to an hour of my morning was mm-hmm. wasted, you know? Um, and I, Man, uh, gosh, that I do not recover well from that. But but I, I committed. I was like, no, nah, man, this is it. And so uh, so I think that was pretty key. I think having a spot A, B, C, D, E, and F oh, is, yeah. was pretty key too. Um, you know, just the fact that I can pop out to a piece of public where I've got a bird roosted. Oh, that's not going to work out. Well, I've got fallback properties where my success. I have a much higher rate of success uh, mm-hmm. on these other properties. But I'd like to try it on public if I can get one. But I've got some fallbacks. So I think having a couple spots, um, I think all the scouting was huge, Yeah, you know, knowing where these birds roost and all that. Um, and then honestly, I think putting those calls down, mm-hmm. I think that was yeah, huge. Yeah, knowing when to shut up. Yep. Knowing when to shut up because I think if I'd kept calling at him after he gobbled that one time, I think those hens probably would not have, would not have come in to the yeah. field. I think they would have held, stayed out of the field. Yeah, um, I agree. And drug drug him with him because I had a hen in that spot did that to me and my buddy Scott um, the week before for season A, mm-hmm. and so <clears throat> we had we had a hen come in and she was a mouthy little thing, and we yeah. would we would just repeat what she did. She never wanted to escalate things like she didn't want to get like in a fight with us, but she mm-hmm. wanted to just yelp 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 yelp, and yeah. and the Tom just sat there and watched her and finally. She was like, she got within 60 yards, kind of looked at us. She's like, nah, she just walked off yelping just like she had been the whole time and drug the Tom mm-hmm. with her, you know, and uh, I didn't want that to happen again. So I, yeah, so I just shut up. And I, I think that's what got him in. I think, 
totally. you know, they had known that there was a, there were, cause I had called on multiple calls almost simultaneously earlier in the morning. So I think they thought, okay, there's some turkeys over there. Maybe we'll go check them out later, you know? Sure. And, and I think, so I think putting the calls down at that moment was, was pretty critical. Definitely. Yeah. What were you using for calls? Were you mostly mouth calls? Were you on the pot? Man, I had it all. So I've got a, I got, actually I have a box call. Um, that sure. I, I don't use a ton, but I do like it because, um, it's got a really nice cut to it. Mm-hmm. It's got a little th- slot for your thumb so I can really get after if I want to cut a lot. Um, for sure. and I was using a prototype call for weathered oaks, custom calls. Ooh. Uh, I think it's, is, is it, are they custom? What are they? Weathered oaks. Oh, weathered oaks game calls. Sorry. Not weathered That's oaks right. custom. Weathered Oaks Game Calls. If you want to look at, look them up on Instagram, at Weathered Oaks Game Calls. Um, fantastic call. I can't tell you about the features because it may be coming out <laughs> next year. Um, but let's just say it's got a lot of variety to it, and you can mm-hmm. get a lot of different sounds out of this call. So I was using that one, and then I was using uh, a Woodhaven Custom uh, Ninja Hammer, which... Yeah. If you've ever used a freaking ninja hammer, dude, they're just they're legit. I'm trying to remember what I, I don't remember if it's a ninja hammer or the It's like the hyper ninja. Okay. Is that another one? I, I have I have no yeah, idea what yeah. the other ones are. I don't I don't I'll know what the different cuts are. The ninja hammer is just like a combo cut. Yeah. Uh, that, which, that's what that's which, what mine was too. Okay, so yeah, I think that was the that may have been the hammer then that you had. Um but yeah, so that call is my favorite mouth call by far. And then uh, this Weathered Oaks game calls, uh, like pot call, is my favorite pot call that I've had. And I've got a Woodhaven pot call, and I prefer sure. the, I prefer the Weathered Oaks game call. Uh, Glass or? Uh, I can't talk about it. Your... Yeah, I can't, okay. I can't really talk about okay. the surface uh, of that one. I was asked not sure. to show that in pictures. Um but dude, it's 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 freaking sweet. Um, it's got a real nice sound to it, and um, like I said, it's it. I like it better than the Woodhaven uh, pot call that I that I have already, and I think they're gonna retail at like half of what this Woodhaven call is, or something, uh, something crazy, or a, a lot less, significantly less than than that. But sure. Um, but they don't make mouth calls, and so I I, I got right. my, my Woodhaven mouth call, and then. I think this is like an HS strut box call that I yeah. have or something like that. The old cutter or whatever, but for sure. Yeah. I did look it up. It is the hyper hammer, uh, Woodhaven. The hyper hammer. That was, uh, Mike Pentecost signature. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, what in the world? Truck driving by. Dude, that's like a truck driving through your house. It sounded like. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. And I was like, looked back at you. Know, I was like, could you hear that too? Or like, <laughs> well, I was like, I, I was waiting for headlights to appear in the window behind me. Like I right. somebody's coming <laughs> running me down. But anyway, so yeah, man, that was, and that was that. And I've been sitting on nothing, no tags mm-hmm. ever since. It's good to take a break every now and again, you know? It is. Yeah. Usually I fill my breaks <laughs> during turkey season with fishing. Um, but 
this it, year man it's been good fishing weather it hasn't been comfortable fishing weather but man i was out three or four times this past week and i mean we're having consistent blueing coming off starting to see some caddis in the afternoon um i don't remember what day that was friday no sat what day was that i think it was saturday when it was raining nice that was uh yeah i was i was over um I'm not going to say where I was out and uh, <laughs> yeah, you were out, you were out and about somewhere in Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois area, exactly. maybe even Southeastern drift. Minnesota. I was touring the driftless yeah. with my four weight in tow. And uh, yeah, man, and that, that drizzling rain, it was like bugs were just coming off. And I had, I honestly had my best dry fly day of the year. Um, really? so far i mean it was again wasn't comfortable and i definitely uh relearned that i need a new rain jacket but man it, the fishing was hot and i mean just everything was rising didn't matter where you were at it was it was a lot of fun so if any of you folks are looking to get out in the driftless good chance fly fishing good chance fly fishing.com or good chance fly fishing on Instagram. Dude, I was Hit just, a, up. I was just about to ask you, be like, do you know anybody that could take me fishing if I wanted to go? <laughs> so I do, but that's man, that's people. awesome. That's awesome. Well, dude, I was going to ask, uh, about, we've got our triple crown hunt coming up here. So triple crown hunt coming up. Uh, cannot I, wait. I, I don't want to get into it though, because we've been recording for an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, Holy cow. Have we really? Yeah. My wife is upstairs, uh, waiting for me to, um, join her in real life and <laughs> not in podcast world anymore. And we're going turkey hunting in the morning. Absolutely. So, you got to get your rest. Yeah, man. So I've got to go pack up the gear. I've got to make sure all my batteries are charged. I've got to hook up tactic cam stuff to my gun. Um, I've got one hooked up to my bow, so I've got to gonna have to mm -hmm. move that but anyway yeah man that's about it oh well, yeah we'll we'll keep folks on the edge of their seat then for our for our triple crown pursuit that's but, right that's right we'll have to share um, all the we had talked about sharing like gear list and all that kind of stuff in this episode mm -hmm. but uh, possibly covering some of that or covering some of the plans but i will get we'll get to that in our triple crown episode and if and if it's right. and if it's solid enough man we'll just make it two three episodes or whatever like who you know absolutely yeah yeah sweet yeah, i cannot right. wait it looks like we got some warmer temps coming too oh. so yeah should be prime man Dude, i can't wait it's jumping straight from like winter to summer though like yeah i'm it, not it, i'm not okay with like the jump all the way to 85 like we don't have right. to we don't have to do that Right. We could exactly. stop like, give somewhere. Us a couple days in like the high 60s, maybe 70s. Yeah. Like, yeah, if it could just, just like touch 70. It's like, right. Oh, it was 70 for a minute. Like, those are my favorite days in the turkey woods, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's but. the best. A little bit of sunshine, get the birds sounding off. Yes, sir. Life is so, good. Yep. All right, brother. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast again. Good chance flyfishing.com. Go check it out. Book a trip with Pierce because he's awesome and you'll catch fish, <laughs> right? That we will. Yes, sir. Thanks again for having me, Josh. And that is all for this week's episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast. Big thanks to Pierce for coming on again. Big thanks to our title sponsors, Tacticam, for making this possible. And until next time, get outside and do something to take advantage of all the opportunities that are ours as Wisconsin Sportsmen. Sportsman.